that's not a miracle. That's the infrastructure banking, as much as we think it's <laughs> leaps and bounds. We all know they're 50, 60 years behind. Oh, wow, you guys are really antiquated. The one constant is change. Those who understand will survive. How about a thousand? How about 10,000? How about a hundred thousand? How about a million? How about 10 million? And right there, the transaction is done. Huh, never thought of that. Make a quick buck and get in and get out. The instant, uh, you know, it, it, it's a journey with lots of bumps. Man, it was a sizzle. It was like, you know, it, it's definitely one of the greatest journeys of my life. Okay, guys, hello, and welcome back to Relevant Founders, brought to you by Relevant Software. Relevant is an international software development company that designs, builds, and delivers world-class standard products for Fortune 500 companies and promising startups. Today, with us, we've got our next guest on the show, Oscar Joffrey, co-founder and president CEO of Core Connects. Give me your kind of, in a nutshell, what is it which Core Connects does? Um, you know, in a nutshell, it's really simple. It's, it's built in right into the name. The name is Core. The core of everything we do is the company, uh, the entity, the issuer, and and the connect uh, part, the connect, is where all the different things that they need to be connected with are integrated into the platform or built in, um, in particular when it comes to capital market activities, meaning mm -hmm. capital raising or M&A activities. So all of these activities have a number of array of things that a company needs to do. Now we build one platform that all that gathers it and and neutral and centralizes it for the company to be able to work with multiple participants and keep everyone abreast. Uh, today, I mean, up until we launched, uh, most of this was done fragmented paper, email, which as you know, is pretty inefficient. So let's get started. Number one, how did you come up with your company name? Um, it, you know, coming up with the company name was really identifying the the nerd, the, the center point of everything and the center point, the word being core. Uh, and then, uh, you know, at one point we were exploring with Link, but it was actually connect, connecting it with all the different things that a company needed to, to do in order to uh, facilitate these corporate activities, managing their entity, capital raising, M&A, banking, whatever they may be. And that's the birth of CoreConnex. Nice. As we can see behind you, yeah, all connected together. Connected. Mm -hmm. Very nice, very nice. Okay, cool. How long did it take you to find your initial funding? Um, well, our initial funding, we were very fortunate that we self-funded it for the first few years uh, by providing, you know, selling uh, the wares. But after that, uh, our first seed round came about 2018. It probably took a good year. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and part of that was, you know, trying to explain to people when people are so used to doing things in a certain way, it makes it very challenging. Mm -hmm. um, and But as time progressed, the narrative is getting easier to explain because we're in a digital era. Uh, if there's anything that ex uh, actually helped our business explore, uh, explode as it has uh, you know prior to COVID-19 there was only less than 12 13 of us today there's 52 of us so um, so the importance of what we were building wasn't seen until COVID so sometimes as they say you need a dramatic moment in, in time and and for us it was COVID-19. Nice okay very very nice I mean there's good that comes with the bad sometimes isn't there always? It always does correct correct. Absolutely okay next question how did you find your first customer? Um, 
So our our clients are in a very in a in an issue. So it was a community of uh, participants that were all trying to be participating in this market. So it wasn't that, that difficult where we had to find a needle in a haystack in the early days. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the first participant just wanted to be there, and when we're providing the technology, it, it I'm not going to say it made it easier, but it it wasn't so difficult. It was just them. Create, creating the trigger and saying, okay, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And they were exploring to a new frontier. I mean, look, in the early days when we started uh, 12, 13 years ago, the the whole idea of doing online investing and capital raising was kind of a, a ooh, uh, maybe, maybe yes, and maybe no. Um, you needed a, a an entity or a leader that could see beyond the mm-hmm. what the hurdles and where, where it was going. And so we were fortunate that we we found a few, and and then through that, uh, obviously, the further development of our pl- platform started evolving. Nice, definitely seeing beyond the hurdles. Nice there. Um, okay, next question for you: What has been the biggest lesson you have learned from building Corconex? Big question. Yeah, it's you know the I have a theme at Corconex said since uh, for the last few years that, and not only do I give it to our clients, our partners, our team. Is the one constant is change, and yeah. this is an important. You know, people say, "Well, of course, it's change." No, no, the one constant is change. Um, you'll always be in a conversation with people and say, "Well, you know, this is how it was done." The one constant is change. Just because it was done like like that a week ago, today mm-hmm. it's different. Mm-hmm. And and as much as people think they're flexible to that to that change, they're not. Even you know, you got to remind yourself every single day. I have a reminder every day is change. Um, so why is that important? Because, you know, 13 years ago, David Wheel, the father of the Jobs Act in the United States, made one of the most dramatic changes of all time. I mean, he was the former vice chairman of NASDAQ. He was the chairman of NASDAQ, sorry, at the time. Um, he, he wrote a paper. He submitted it. Barack Obama signed uh, this into, you know, into act. It came in. It's the most profound, uh, you know, piece of legislation that ever came in the United States. He changed everything he democratized things and when when you rattle the cage and when you disrupt things things are going to be different right so you know the days of raising capital only from the one percenters and only those people and that's it changed and at first people go no 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 this is the way it's done no it's not there's a new way and and because there's a new way there's new methodologies new technologies new way of doing new ways of doing financial statements a legal document you still got to adhere to the law so uh, because of that um you know, those who understand that constant component of it will survive because, you know, people ask me, Oscar, where's this heading to? I said, look, we're still in, we haven't even hit the curve yet. They go, what are you talking about? We haven't hit the curve. We're still in the evangelism zone. We're still evangelizing this. We're in a great momentum. We got a 10-year run and, you know, we're seeing the success in the UK, in Germany, the United States, you know, a little bit in Australia, Canada, but the United States is the world's largest capital market. So it, it's it's working. And because we haven't hit that curve yet, there's still lots of different places where change needs to occur. So that's the big message that I have. Well, you know, I mean, that's exciting as well to know that you haven't hit the curve, um, but the amount of changes which will come on that way, which is still exciting to be able to reach. Okay, we're going to go into more detail with that in, in a little bit. Um, tell me, why is now the time for your company to exist? 
Um, well, so first of all, the act in the United States, keeping in mind why we build Core Connect. So, I mean, the whole idea of the core is that a company exists for a reason to sell its product, its solutions. But at any given time, they're all either going to need capital to grow their business, which everybody does, whatever dollar amount and accessibility to capital in, in you know, 13 years ago was very different than it is today. And 13 years ago, if you went to a company and said, how many shareholders does your company have? you would say, well, I got about 10, 20. And that was the norm. The, the norm was 10, 20. When somebody said 100, they go, whoa, wow, you have a lot of investors in your company. So um, so when, you know, 100, it's you can manage that in Excel spreadsheet, or you can manage it in a, your own in-house CRM and all that. Mm -hmm. So what do you do now when you take that 100 and you add more zeros? How about 1,000? How about 10,000? How about 100,000? How about a million? Mm -hmm. How about 10 million? All of that changed. Um, so that was from managing people that would be investing in your company. And then how do you facilitate a transaction? So the, the earlier days was, you know, um, Matthew says, I will invest in your company. I go, great. I'll email you the subscription agreement. Matthew said, okay. Like, oh, Matthew, I'll send you the wire instruction. Okay. And that can go on for two, three weeks. And, you know, now investors can go to your website, click an invest button, enter all their detail, sign the subscription agreement indicate that they're going to pay using their you know, credit card, Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Google Pay, Apple Pay, using crypto, whatever it is, ACH, EFT, whatever it is that they want to use. And right there, the transaction is done. I mean, that is, so, so because of that, now you need an infrastructure. People often mistake between technology and infrastructure. An infrastructure needs to glue all the components together mm -hmm. in order for the data to be fluid and the information to be fluid in order to be cost efficient. Why is that important? Because in the earlier days, the minimum investment maybe was 25,000, 50,000. So obviously it was only reaching a very particular audience. So what do you do now when you're offering someone a minimum $5? I mean, $5, mm -hmm. how efficient do you need to be? And people go, well, that's easy. I'll just put it on the website. No, no, you've got to follow it all the way through. It, this is just one part. That's part one. That's the investor coming in, making the investment. Part two, now you got to deliver that to a broker dealer who is responsible for reviewing that information and to do the KYC, ID, and AML, anti-money laundering, suitability, to make sure that investor is suitable. Mm -hmm. It has to be efficient for them to do it for a $5 investment. And we're not done yet. And then after that, the investor needs to be transported into your company's cap table where there's an SEC registered transfer agent. And so, and, and in order to do that, you need to consider all the different stakeholders involved. You need to bring everyone together and you need to consider banking. I mean, banking, as much as we think it's <laughs> leaps and bounds, we all know they're 50, 60 years behind. When you unveil the front end, you go to the back end, you go, oh, wow, you guys are really antiquated. Mm -hmm. So when you put all that in place, um, it, it, it's, it's even more important now. Why? Because COVID was, in a, you know, look, I, I, for anybody listening, I, I feel bad for what happened during COVID. I got it myself. I was down for three, four weeks and I, and it looks like I'm kidding it again, but it, it, what it did do though, it woke us all up. It made us understand that our businesses were inefficient. We were heavily reliant on coming into the office. So now we can't, we're not coming to the office. We're working distributedly. Um, and, and in order to do yeah. that, you be, be more efficient. Mm -hmm. So I think the timing was just one of, now, will there be people, you know, like anything, see an opportunity? Oh yeah, with COVID, we can build a tool, bring everybody online. We're already here. Um, there is no other platform in the world today um, that has all the elements that a company need. There are providers that have different pieces of it, which is great, 
but you're not solving the bigger problem. And today that problem is even bigger when companies are no longer just raising money in the UK or the US or in Canada, they're reaching globally. And that puts more pressure on a company to become you know, uh, completely automated. The irony to all this, Matthew, is that when companies uh, you know, get started, if you took an entrepreneur and you go, hey, when you get started, what are the basic tools you're gonna have? Well, for sure, we're gonna have a CRM. Why? Because we're gonna have customers and we wanna track them and we're gonna put Google Analytics, we're gonna do all that, that's great. And here's the here's the real funny part. Now you tell you go to the CEO and you say, "How do you manage your corporate records? What do you mean? Well, how do you manage all your corporate records with your board of directors outside, your shareholders out here, your lawyer out there, the bank? Huh? Never thought of that. See? And now we think about it because we're online all the time. Mm-hmm. I guess it's one of those things that uh, you were. Um... Core Connects, you were ahead of the game. You were doing this years before COVID started that gave you that front footing before everything happened for you to, to be ahead of the game and to be able to, you know, not just see a um, something happen and react to it, you were already reactive by the time COVID came about. Okay, uh, next question for you. If you weren't doing this right now, if you hadn't uh, started uh, Core Connects, if you weren't the president of Core Connects right now, what would you be doing? I don't know. <laughs> you know that that's a great question. I can't imagine that I wouldn't be doing anything what I'm doing today. And and the reason I I say that to you is because uh, if I look at my entire career as a journey, um, you know, I, I when I sink my teeth into it, when I met David Wheel, they, it changed my life. I mean, look, I I was already working in corporate governance with publicly traded companies. Uh, I was already in the capital markets. I was already seeing it. I already saw how disgusting it was to see companies raise money with no accountability, no transparency or anything like that. So when this arose, and and I also saw the struggles that I was having in my previous company raising capital, it I never looked back. I, I can't even imagine what I would have been doing otherwise than this. Um, look, there's, it, it, I'm already 13 years in. I'm I'm only one of maybe less than... 30 of us that remain from thousands. So why? Because a lot of them, it's a quick sprint, make a quick buck and get in and get out. Some of them thought it was going to be like the instant, uh, you know, whee, but it didn't. It's a, it's a, it's a method, nice growth. Um, we need time. We need, there's so much work to be done still. And yeah, you're right. We, we're, you know, we're really well positioned. We studied it. Look, before we ever launched the product, Matthew, it, it, it took us uh, probably six years. I mean, you, we really needed to understand our place in the market. Like when you're going to build the infrastructure, you really need to understand what it is that you're solving. And you can't just narrowly look at it that way. And that's the problem. Everybody, oh, that's easy. I'll build a software to manage shareholders. Great. Uh, but the shareholders, you can't manage it without the cap table. Oh, I can do that too. Okay, but you can't do the cap table without the minute book. And you can't do the minute book without the board of directors. And you follow me where I'm going in. And if you're going to have the shareholders, you want to, you might as well have it when they make the transaction. So you're getting the accurate information. So when you start looking at it, it's a humongous undertaking. Um, and I, I believe in time, there will be others. Of course, the, the market is so big. I mean, look, there's 450 million privately held companies worldwide, 32 million just in the United States alone. So it's not just going to be one infrastructure. There'll be several. But in order to solve the problem, you need to be underneath and let people transact. And I believe that that's been, our goal has been lay underneath, provide the technology to the lawyers, to the auditors, to the broker dealers, to the issuer, to the investor, uh, to the secondary ATS, to the securities regulators. Why? So they can all transact, so they can all have visibility. Um, And it's a journey with lots of bumps. Man, 
you yeah. know, people go, hey, it's, you know, you're in the software game. It's, it's not easy when you got so many different stakeholders with different views to appease. You know, one, one word that comes up in these interviews all the time, pivot, 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 pivot. And obviously it just comes with the t-shirt when you're building up a startup. But it's one of those things, isn't it? When um, building a startup, it's very uh, important for our listeners to know that it's not an easy ride. It's not going to be a quick ride. It's not going to be that lightning speed up. It does take those six, however many years to build the groundwork. And then that's when you start seeing the speed, but it comes with that homework behind it. Okay, yeah. next question. Um, so where were you when you first had this kind of eureka moment when you wanted to make Corponics? Um, as I said, meeting David Weald, that was, um, that was a game changer in my life. That's when, you know, I didn't truly understand the marketization right off the bat. I mean, it, for him to explain it to me was way above my head. <laughs> so, you know, people go, oh, you got it right away. No, I didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, but the more he explained to me the issues and he created this because one, being the vice chairman of NASDAQ, that was one. Number two, he saw that after the financial collapse in the United States after 2008, um, something was wrong. The, the capital markets was wrong. And so here's a man that actually changed the laws to open it up. And now when that was open or about to get open, you know, you have to really think through the problem and, and, and try to understand this. When you would go to people and say, hey, listen. So how do you think you would manage a thousand shareholders? Oscar, nobody's ever going to have a thousand shareholders. <laughs> See, nobody could even, it's because they, it was never done before, right? So they couldn't even visualize half the stuff. So most of the stuff that we created had to be really internalized. There was no external validation right off the bat. Now, once you put it out there, people go, okay, well, I wanted to do this. Okay, that's different. But um, so... You know, I'm very a, like a journey towards that kind of eureka moment. It wasn't kind of like a immediate. It was a journey to understanding what you needed to be doing. I guess yeah. it, it was. We knew that we didn't because there were so many different things you could have been. You could have been the platform that helps the companies. We didn't want that. We it, you we we knew what we knew was that the market would eventually need something to glue it all together. And mm -hmm. what we were looking at, uh, the good thing is we had an example already. We had. An example, which is the public markets, people are. It, it, it's interesting. People don't know this, but the public markets operate under one singular platform. In it's the you know Broadridge. Everything in the public world, a hundred thousand plus companies trade. Um, you know the transfer agents, the broker deal. Everything is on top of it, mm -hmm. and that efficiency. So you know the fact that you can put in a you know the symbol of a public company, and you use that app. I use this one. We both get the same information. That's not a miracle. That's the infrastructure, right? And, uh, you know, people go, but Oscar, it's the internet. No, the internet is a delivery vehicle. Mm -hmm. That's it. This was there before that. So um, so now that's the public world. So how do we bring this to the private world? Now we got 450 million companies. So we were looking at the problem, not just for instantaneous gratification, which is, hey, get in there, make a quick buck and you're in. Um, we never pivoted. It was tough. You're right. We knew, you know, for uh, the right off the bat, what we wanted to do, um, but as time went by, it, it 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 became even more clear why we needed to do it. The other participants didn't know that yet. They were still so busy building their own block that they didn't understand that. Oh, I'm still going. I'm going to need water pipes coming here. Oh yeah, of course you are. You're going to need electricity. Um, you know, you know how people are sometimes. They don't realize they need these things because mm -hmm. they're so focused on this. So um, so it it the Eureka started 
very quickly. I mean, look, it took us a few a few months to digest what was about to happen. And then from then on, it just became a journey. Why it took us years to launch? It was merely because the market wasn't ready. There was no way. Even when we did launch, Matthew, it was a sizzle. It was like, you know, uh-huh. people kept saying, why do I need this? Because they couldn't get there yet. They couldn't get there. Today, I'm going to have 50,000 shareholders. I need a, not a problem. We're ready for you. See, you, you're, you're, you're talking with a different narrative. Why? Because there's examples. There's examples of companies like BrewDog out of the UK who have shareholders in 86 different countries around the world who have raised hundreds of millions of dollars, have one of the world's largest database, uh, sorry, investor base. Um, so there's examples and more and more companies want to become like BrewDog. Mm-hmm. So when you think about that, um, you know, wouldn't it be great to have that 12, 13 years ago, but now we have it and people can look at it and depending how you see it, you will come up with a solution. But in order to solve the problem, you need to solve it all. Was the, so you say that the market uh, wasn't ready. Was the tech ready for it? The tech was ready. Technology was ready. It's just people couldn't visualize. And again, the call it a paradigm shift, call it um, for them. It's that when people are so used to doing something in a certain way, it's mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and for, for a number of years, you know, it, when we launched in 2016, it, it was really, it, you know, we, we could tell people over and over again, it didn't matter. We started getting good pickup, a little bit of pickup. But, you know, three years later, COVID hit. I mean, that's when the wake-up call occurred. That's when CEOs started wondering, oh, my God, how am I running my business? My lawyer's not here anymore. My CFO's not here. Mm-hmm. Um, where are we going to put our corporate records? How are we going to give people accessibility? How are we going to keep track of it? Who's got the, the, the spreadsheet of all the invest? Do you see what I mean? So mm-hmm. when you go to the office, you go to that computer, you got yours. Now you don't have that anymore. So, And then COVID, uh, I remember I spoke to some CEOs. Oh, Oscar, COVID's going to be done in a few months. I said, even if it is. Even if it is, it's prudent for you to start seeing the change. And obviously, we all know now, it didn't go for a few months. It went a year, mm-hmm. two years. Um, and today, Matthew, I can't think of a company, whether it's a startup or a mature company, that doesn't think about putting their information online. That's thanks to COVID. And because of that, it also transformed the way people saw things in the way they invested. Yeah. Um, and so when you got those two coming together, you've got a great momentum. And that's what I call it. It's momentum. It hasn't hit the, this, the, this peak point yet, um, but it is. It's, we're, we keep getting closer each day, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's definitely one of the greatest journeys of my life mm-hmm. that I'm enjoying. Hey guys, it's me again. If you enjoyed this episode of the show, be sure to press the thumbs up button below. And also while you're there, hit subscribe. Otherwise, you could miss out on all of our interesting content we've got coming your way in the near future. Okay, guys, take care and see you soon.